Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris Corner. I'm your host Chris Taylor and welcome back to a brand new episode. This week, let's talk about underdogs. Let's talk about the long shots. Let's talk about the dark horses. In life, in stories, in cinema, in every tale that's ever been told, there has always been somebody who started from nothing and made something. For me recently, I realized that how much of a lover of underdogs I am how myself, in some ways, I am the underdog, in other ways, I am the big dog. <laughs> if that's how you can put it, the big dog. Why is the little dog barking? Hmm? Where be the big dog? Uh, but the, the aim of this podcast is to kind of tackle the subject of the underdog. Well, what is an underdog? What do they do and and how do they play a part in a story and how can a story become greater because of the underdog well the underdog from what i've seen and what i can define is somebody who has little to no chance at winning or in accomplishing their goal or accomplishing what the character wants to achieve whether that be in life or within a story And the purpose of this underdog is for them to go on a journey, to go on a, an adventure. I'm going on an adventure! Moment of self-discovery down a long path. I know, stay with me here. I know it's getting a little bit philosophical too quickly, too early. But the point of the underdog is to almost get the viewer, the listener, to jump in and associate themselves with the character because we all feel like underdogs in our own lives we all feel at some point that we have to go through some sort of crucible to be able to achieve what we're looking for we are trying to evolve as human beings we're trying to become better versions of ourselves in every aspect of life and I think this is why 12 Rules for Life and Answered Chaos, Jordan Peterson's books, a lot of self-development books, you know, Atomic Habits, all of these little, these, I say, I'm about to say little books there, these little books, these big best-selling novels uh, do so well is because they understand the concept of the underdog and they're there to admit you in and say, welcome, now this is how you go on your journey to become the main character in your own life. And I'm not even going to say the underdog's a negative aspect. It's actually quite a wholesome and fun character to be around. We've all seen it in all stories. We will see the person who may be being bullied at the beginning of their story. They may be being pushed around by other people. They may be the weaker of everybody else. It doesn't necessarily have to be physical strength. It can be mental strength. Maybe somebody becomes extremely good at a quiz. Maybe somebody becomes excellent intelligence in university or maybe even in a lot of anime as well somebody becomes excellent gets excellent scores in their uh, tests to be able to get into a certain university when they started off with terrible grades in the first place we all love this idea of having the ability to go in and go from nothing to something now here's the fun part the part that i personally love the, the part that not everyone can truly get into. It's the hard work, it's the consistency, and it's also a lonely path to go down. Because while we all want to achieve our goals and achieve our dreams in life, 
we're not all willing to be consistent to the very end. I think a lot of people say they want something, but they're not willing to put the hard work in to get there. And this is the story of the underdog, is the consistency, the true underdogs, the winning underdogs, the ones who go from the dark horse to the the winner and who gets the damsel at the end or gets the win at the end or is becomes, for instance, we've got Michael Jordan going from absolutely nothing, being kicked off his high school basketball team to becoming the best basketball player of all time. It became personal with me. It's one of those stories. The reason why people loved Michael Jordan so much is because they loved, not only because he was an incredible basketball player, but he also had a fantastic underdog story to go and take a team that was nothing, had no one, had no history, and created one of the best basketball teams of all time as well in the Chicago Bulls. There's so many football teams that have done that. Look at Leicester City in the season of 2015 to 2016. That was one of the most incredible seasons of underdogs of all time. Everybody supported them, even though they weren't even their club. This is all sport, Usain Bolt. You know, one of these guys who came out of nowhere to absolutely destroy the 100 and 200 meters. Everybody wants these people to win. They want the the unknown, the, the person to come out of nowhere, put the hard work in. It's why when we watch 80s movies and they have these fantastic um, workout regiments where they have the fantastic compilation music in the background playing the back and you know, you've got Highway to the Danger Zone in there for Top Gun, you've got... Just like 
I'm trying to think, Rocky, for instance, getting ready in his massive montages, getting the pump to get in the gym, ready to beat someone one-on-one. that are the things that make us feel more and more alive, that we can change, that we can become something better. It's why I stick with this podcast to the very end, because not only do I love doing it, not only does it create a creative outlet for me in my mind and do something outside of my day-to-day life, it also allows me to be the underdog in another sense, to have the zero views, to go from nothing to something. This is the goal. This is the journey. The journey is the end goal because I can tell you now, as somebody who's uh, accomplished things that he set out to go for, you know, when I went and got my first class degree in computer science, when I was somebody who barely got below, you know, I was a below average student at secondary school, to go from that to something, to go from somebody who could barely, was terrible at English growing up to getting English A-levels. This is the, the story that I can associate with. To go from somebody who was a terrible asthmatic growing up, so bad that an ambulance had to be called for him for having hyperventilation and being a numpty and sitting on a step and like booing his eyes out because he couldn't get hold of his breath to somebody who runs a marathon in 3 hours and 27 minutes. This is the underdog story. Now, for me personally, I've got many, I've had many benefits and it's amazing people around me to be able to support me along this journey and I will forever have them as my support mechanism because they are incredible people. They know who they are, they always listen to this podcast and they always are there for me in the time of need and I hope the same can be said for vice versa. But this is the true underdog. The underdog isn't alone all the time. Yes, it's a lonely journey to the top because you have to put so much effort in and so much sacrifice, but you also realize that the people around you also want you to succeed. That is the underdog. You don't see people putting them down as they're trying to succeed. Nobody who is more successful than you ever looks to put you down. It is only people who are below you that will try and put you down. Negativity comes from those who breed negativity. And that's that's the way of the world. Those who see something different, those who see someone who's trying to change, see something in themselves that they're not willing to do. They aren't willing to go on that underdog journey. They aren't willing to go into that path of resistance, of tough times, of period of life where you have to make sacrifice for the now so that the future may be better. Now, this is something that I've had to think about over time, listening to a lot of stories. Obviously, I've played the Guy Ritchie quote over and over again, and maybe I'll play it in a minute again, just for the listeners who are tired of it already. But the idea of the two farmers slash the two, the two sons to the father. You've got the son, they're both giving an inheritance, and which one of them would like to take that inheritance and go away and spend it? One of the sons goes, yeah, me, dad, me, I'll take, take the you know, money and I'll run off and spend it on drugs and hookers and all of those things. 
until he gets to the point where he can't even afford to feed himself and he's shoveling shit to pigs. He then goes back to his father. The father has to slaughter his prize calf to be able to get the son back, basically. And he said, you have left and you've come back and you've found yourself. And it's the idea of you have to go away from yourself to find yourself. And the story that Guy Ritchie's trying to get across is sometimes you have to go on a journey, go away into the dark times to be able to understand who you are. I'll give you an example. The Prodigal Son. Parable, Christian. Seems religious, doesn't really make much sense. Do you know the story? Sure, but why don't you lay it out? So there's a father. He has two sons, an older son and a younger son. And he says to them, who wants to spend their inheritance? The younger son says, me, Dad, I'll go and spend it. And the younger son takes all the dough and he runs off and sniffs coke off stripper's tits for a number of years until he realises this is getting pretty boring and I'm in a lot of trouble. He ends up feeding, throwing food to pigs. That's his job. And he can't even eat the food that he gives to the pigs, at which point he says, Dad, will you take me back? Dad then goes to, they don't meet. This somehow happens, not through telephones, it just happens. At which point, Dad goes to the fatty calf, says, kill the fatty calf. Older son says, hold on, Dad, what's going on? I've stayed with you since the beginning. I've been loyal to you. And I hear the stories of my younger brother coming back, who's been sniffing coke off strippers' tits for the last God knows how many years. And you're prepared to kill the fatty calf. What's the SP, Dad? I want to know the story. He says, you're all right, son. Don't worry about that. You take a little side, a little step to the side. You'll always be with me. You're a good boy. At which point he goes out to meet the prodigal son, the wasteful son. The wasteful son returns and he says, you were lost and now you're found. That's the end of the story. It's quite hard to make sense of that in a literal sense. You go, oh, dad was a bit unfair. and You should have been kind to the older son because he never ran off and did anything. But the essence of the story is that you are the father. You are enough. Your older son is your intellect. He says, oh, don't do this, don't do that. He's trying to reconcile, make sense of a prosaic and material world. The younger son, being the wild, feral entity that he is, wants to go out in the world and find out what it's all about. So in his recklessness and sense of adventure, he finds that he can't escape himself. So he has to return to himself. And at which point, he has to accept who he is. At which point, the intellect is left out of the equation pretty much as the older brother, because he can't understand the significance of the journey of the wasteful brother. In the end, you have to leave yourself to understand the value of yourself. And for me personally, this is something that has become difficult for me, actually, is I can't relate to people, quote unquote, normal people who aren't, who haven't been on that underdog journey. Because if they had gone on that journey, they would understand that you have to be pushing yourself all the time. It is a never ending battle. You are constantly trying. You aren't doing what everyone else is doing. When everyone else is going for drinks and going for having beers and being social you're out there grinding you're out there trying to 
better yourself with trying to go down that path of most resistance, not least resistance. This is why I talk about David Goggins so much, because David knows this more than anyone else. Yes, he's an extreme version of it, but he is an underdog. He is somebody who had absolutely nothing. He didn't have what I had in family. He had nothing. He had his mum and that was it. He had every reason to quit, to not have his journey, have his success story, have his underdog moment, to be in the sunshine and to look in and say, I did it. Now, one thing that comes to mind when it comes to Goggins is that many people say, I can't do that. I can't do the extreme. That doesn't mean everyone's underdog story is the same. It doesn't mean everybody's going to be going on this I'm going to be running every single day. I'm going to be in the gym every single day. I'm going to be biking every single day. Like, It's an example. I've given you so many others there. I've given you a basketball player. I've given you an Olympic athlete. I've given you a marathon elite marathon runner there. I've given you so many people there. You know, I've given myself as an example on a so much smaller scale. Take it down to the minutia, maybe. What if you're just really bad at something? We all are so happy to talk about our strengths all the time. It's so funny to me. If you go to the gym, all the gym, the bodybuilders and the weightlifters will go, look how much weight I can lift. And then I'll go, how, how far can you run? And they'll go, oh, I don't do cardio. Bingo. There's your underdog journey. Go from weightlifter and bodybuilder to being able to run. And if you can run, do the opposite. And if you can do both, then swim. And if you can do swimming, then you add more. And you just keep adding and adding and adding and adding until you have no weaknesses left. And that's an impossible feat because you'll always have weaknesses. This is the journey of us all. The hero's story. The idea of every single human being on earth. This idea that we all have this opportunity, this moment this thing we call life to be able to push to the very limits now i don't know about you you the listener the viewer you may have a very different perspective on life but to me it's all a video game in some ways and we have this opportunity to be able to make our 11 or 10 year old selves proud and then our 80 year old selves proud for me i know that 10 year old self is high-fiving me 10 times out of 10 for what i've achieved so far from what i've done and I know for the 80-year-old self, I'm making some substantial investments at the moment in terms of who I am as a person, but also the hard work I'm putting into my job so that I can look after my 80-year-old self down the line. And I've already got achievements where I can, where I know that when I die, I can look back and smile upon experiences, friends, family, traveling, all of these things that, have, that come back to me and remind me that I am constantly on this underdog journey and that the underdog wouldn't settle. The underdog wouldn't allow you to get. You're always hungry. You always see more. There's always something to be jumping in there and going, I want to take it in and I want to add more. It's why I love when I watch football. For me personally, yes, I support Chelsea. Yes, it gets bad sometimes, but there's nothing better than when Chelsea were the underdogs in the 2012 Champions League and we went on to win it. It was one of the greatest stories of the Champions League history of a terrible team who were something like 7th or 8th in the league at the time 
and had just had their manager sacked, had a replacement manager in, and had near to no chance because Napoli were already beating us on aggregate at the time. We would go on to not only beat Napoli, we would beat one of the best Barcelona teams of all time, and then we would go on to beat one of the best Bayern Munich teams of all time on penalties. This is these these ideas, and it's not just some easy, quick snap of the fingers. You go on, a, you know, you, you go do something hard for one moment, and then it's done. It is a consistent grind to be able to achieve that top level. That's what I'm looking for. I don't know about you, but when I look over, and this is something that comes to my mind immediately, I don't know why, but when I'm looking over the island of Wahiki off the coast of Auckland in New Zealand, and I'm watching that sunset, my mind just immediately goes to this massive grin, this moment that comes to me and makes me feel warmth and happiness and reminds me that I did it and I did it the way I would do it I did it my way what is a man what has he got if not himself then he has not to say the things he truly fantastic Frank Sinatra song but it is true it's if you can do it your way if you can take that journey of the underdog the hero's journey this Joseph Campbell concept and put it into your life and and look at the the small bits the little bits the the things that you're like oh that's a weakness it's why I thrive off criticism it's why at the moment I've got my driving test coming up soon and I'm really looking forward to it I would if you were to go back a year ago I'd be terrified of getting into a car and driving it myself I would be terrified because I didn't have the confidence because I it was a weakness and I'd allow it to, to to grow, to grow into something that I would fear and that would be something looming over me. This is what I'm talking about, the underdog journey of going in and realizing, right, I have a weakness. It is something that's living over my shoulder like a demon almost, you know, like where you've got with with Kronk where he's got the, the angel and the demon. He, he looks at the devil and he's like, you know, he's got a point here sort of thing. Raise number two. Look what I can do. <laughs> But what does that have to do with it? No, no, he's got a point. And this is this moment of you saying to yourself, I can do this. I just have to put the time, the effort in, and I have to realize like it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard work, but it's going to be worth it in the end. And if you can do that, you can do basically anything. This is my mindset, is that even though everyone considers like running, weightlifting, like any sort of athletic feat as just purely physical. It's not. It is a mental journey. You have to have this option. And this is something that I really wish I had when I was younger. I talked to one of my closest friends about this when I was in Australia. And we both talk about our 
um, playing football when we were younger. We played for the shittest team in the league. We lost every game of the season apart from one, basically. And we were both substitutes, basically. So not only were we playing for the shittest team in the league, we were also the shittest players in the team, basically, because we were subbed. And I was always on the bench. And I always wondered, how could I do, you know, what could I do to get better? What could I do to, to be able to get into the team, even though even if it was a bad team? And I realize now that what I needed to do was what I do now. Now hindsight is 2020, and it's really tough to admit to yourself that if you just put the hard work in, if I just shot at an empty net for multiple times, if I'd done more running, if I'd just done more just basic calisthenics to be able to strengthen myself up and to be able to be uh, less asthmatic and more uh, <laughs> of an athlete when it comes down to playing football, it makes me realise how important that is in terms of being a confident player. Now, on the counter side of that, it, I was also someone who's super nervous in terms of being on the ball when it came down to real matches, that nervousness. And I've realized now for me to be able to get rid of that sort of nervousness, I have to actually do something over and over and over again. Jordan Peterson talks about this. It's uh, exposure therapy to something you fear. He talks about how if someone's afraid of an elevator, well, they won't take them to an elevator and they'll just chuck them in there. They'll take and show them, oh, can you handle a pitch of an elevator? Right, okay, you can handle a picture of an elevator. Well, now that we're okay with a picture of ele an elevator, can we take you close to an elevator and just look at it? Just look at the elevator. And if you can't, we'll, we'll go back and we'll just look at the photo and then we'll take a step back and evaluate from there. And it's this exposure theory that, yes, I could have been somebody who worked harder as a kid, but I could also have been given a chance to been exposed more and more to games. What was there to lose? We were the worst team in the league. You know, there was nothing. And yes, I was just a kid. So I had no control over that scenario, but I did have control over myself. So this is something that I have to admit to myself. And this is something that the underdog does. They understand their weaknesses. They understand what they did in the past. And they don't say that that is it, game over, it is right, time to get to work, get hard, and it's time to get after it. Because to allow yourself to go into a mode of victimization is what 90% of the world is doing at the moment. Everybody feels sorry for themselves. Everybody feels that they're a victim of something or someone. We need to become the people who are the underdog to the big dog to be the hero of this story, to understand that there is no end to anything. For me personally, I practice what I preach. I work out every single day. I've done this five years for weightlifting, eight years for running. I will continue, as you can see in the background there, my two finishers t-shirts, one for a marathon, one for a half marathon. I've run hundreds of half marathons, but I've only ever done the official ones because I'd got to the point where I'd become comfortable in my skill as a runner. One hour 40, three hours and 27 minutes. This idea of going from somebody who could barely run when they were younger, who had to have a blue and grey, sorry, blue and brown inhaler, had to deal with serious, I had to take steroids, like for asthma when I was younger. No, not PEDs, like the steroids for asthma, I take God. PEDs are for pussies, anyway. What? That's a, that's a whole podcast in itself right there, if you're still listening. <laughs> so, this is the idea that... 
if you can just admit to yourself that there's weakness in some areas of your life, and if you're bold enough, courageous enough, and are willing to be like Frodo and, and Sam, and understand that even the small people in the world can have a big impact on the big story. That's why I love the Lord of the Rings, because Sam and Frodo had a 99% failure chance. This is what it was. They had no chance. Same with Luke against Darth Vader. This idea of they have to get hit down. They've got to get beat down. They've got to take a beating from the evil. And they've got to get back up and keep on going. Now, something that my dad said to me when I was younger that I disagree with to this day, he said, you're too into the fantasy. You're too locked into the, the fantastic world of the of everything. You know, everything cinematic and video game and all of those things. Now, he meant practically that my mind was elsewhere. But the truth is, is that in the world that we live in at the moment, to be able to motivate yourself, to be able to be driven, sometimes you've got to dr get that motivation from somewhere. Because the world at the moment, there aren't many heroes. There aren't many real life heroes. We've got like a handful of them, of actual people practice who, what they preach, who actually do what they're doing. Goggins, as I said, has Goggins mode. Cameron Haynes has keep hammering. Courtney DeWalter, well, she doesn't have a saying, but she's just incredible as a woman anyway. You know, she keeps going out there. These athlete, athletes out there, Michael Jordan, you know, um, some of the tennis players who, who just kept on going, you know, even Murray to some extent. But I'm thinking more of Nadal and Federer in my mind. I think of those guys as class athletes. Federer more for the sport because he just kept it at such a prestigious level. Even the F1 drivers, all of these people, are the top of their game and they've gone from absolutely nothing to something by putting the hard work in over and 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 over again and if you we go and look into the stories of today maybe they're more relatable to the people who aren't into those sports who aren't into the real life and we look into like i said frodo and sam you've got luke skywalker for star wars You've got in Star Trek, you've got all of these different, all of the animes as well. You think about AOT, you think about, I mean, it's probably not a good one for genocide, but <laughs> you know where I'm going here. Um, if you, well, I think Commander Irwin's probably the best example in that scenario. If you think of Goku and Vegeta in Dragon Ball Z, if you think of um, Bleach, you know, Ichigo. Ichigo goes from somebody who's like a mama's boy to becoming the best soul reaper out there, basically. This idea of going from absolutely nothing and becoming the strongest and achieving Bankai. Bankai! Within three days and taking on Byakuya's symbol and Sakura, Kageyoshi. Bankai. Senbon Sakura, Kageyoshi. It's just an incredible achievement in itself. And yes, this is a fantasy. This doesn't isn't real. 
But if you are hyped up as I am by some of these shows or by some of these stories or by books like Ready Player One out there where you go from Wade who goes from being in the stacks where he goes from somebody who's the poorest of poor to being the owner of the Oasis by working so hard. He was like the video game expert and it wasn't just through some feat or some luck or or pure intelligence or some God-given right. It was through him grinding it out going through books, going through manuals, going through video game documents and learning. And this is what I'm talking about at the moment. Something I'm doing at the moment, something new that I'm getting into because I'm preparing for Japan in October is I'm learning a bit of basic Japanese. This is something that's very difficult for me. And at the moment, all I can say is, Gohan kudasai, ask him for rice. <laughs> Got rice, please. Or oh, Mizu kudasai, you know, <laughs> it's just, or uh, what was the other one? So I can say, um, Yoshi Isha, which is cool doctor. <laughs> so not exactly useful stuff at the moment, but you see what I'm getting at. Going from absolutely zero knowledge to having something at least uh, to be able to have my, you know, sort of inventory for being able to go in and communicate with people out there it's the least i can do something that i'm a big believer in is if you're going to someone else's country the least you can do is learn some basic language for that country Uh, and i love doing it personally it is something that makes me feel that i'm gonna have a better time in another country and be able to communicate with more people and make more friends so the final underdog that i'm going to mention who is a trio that I've mentioned many a time and who will always be to me my heroes. My, the guys who keep me going uh, always. And that's Sora, Donald and Goofy. To me, in Kingdom Hearts, Sora's just a kid from an island in a, a world in the middle of nowhere who had no chance against the unlimited darkness that would be fell before him. And he would go forward and use the Keyblade to save not only himself and his friends, but for people he didn't even know. He would make friends, and he would do it with a smile on his face, and he would make the world, and the worlds elsewhere, a better place. Not just by contributing through destroying the darkness, but by also being a good person. And this, to me, is the underdog journey. Not just bettering yourself, but bettering people around you. And making your inner circle a much more happier place to be in. Because what else is there other than you, your friends, your family, the people around you, everyone you interact with at work, and making them better people as well through you bettering yourself. And you, the underdog, becoming the big dog. This has been a Taylor's Tales podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I've been your host, Chris Taylor. And as always, I hope to see you this time next week. Bye now. Stupid computer. Sora. Who's this guy?